Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. Hi everyone. Um, hi, I haven't. Some of you. Hi, welcome. If you're here for the first time, it's great to have you here. Um, as um, Hi Tribe, as Chris said, my name's Phil. Uh, w- yeah, so we're beginning a three-week uh, series on peace. And um, can you just turn me down just a little bit, because I'm going to speak louder than I am at the moment, and that might hurt somebody's ears. Um, I don't know about you, but as you look at the world, uh, it's pretty obvious that there's some things going wrong. Um, We see stuff, um, unpeace all over the place, yes? We see it on the news, we see it um, politically, we see it in families, we see it um, in communities. Uh, And so it's it's not a function of how much we can avoid peace, it's just when it's it's not going to not happen. No, that, I'm not too sure how that worked. But uh, we are going to have times in our life when we are not at peace um, in, in the relationships that we have. And so part of our heart to do this series is to look at this whole idea of how we can become or grow our capacity to be peacemakers and to, in fact, get to a point where it's not just about me being a peaceful person or at peace in my relationships, but that we would actually build a culture of peace. And when we, talk, when we throw culture in the front of peace, what we're actually saying is that as we get together, and whether it's, whether it's here or whether it's in our other different communities, that it would be a place where people find peace, people pursue peace, uh, and uh, and so that's our heart, and so I'm hoping that that what that what I speak about tonight, what God does with that, and then in next week, Kath's going to be speaking more about some of the detail of peace, and then Chris on week three will come back and really talk about what it is for us to build a culture of peace. We're hoping that this will have um, just a good effect on how we do life. Um, this concept of peacemaking, probably as I say that word, it may remind you of a particular passage in Scripture that, um, that Jesus speaks about. But one of the things I want to begin with is, in fact, this. Uh, for us to actually do peace well, we've got to start with God. Now... We just sung an awesome song about the links that God has gone and goes to bring peace with us. We said there's no mountain, he wouldn't climb up. Um, all those people who were good at worshipping will remember all the words, the ones I've just <laughs> forgotten. Um, but that sense that we have a God who has gone the extra mile in every way to establish peace with us. And I feel like before we even think about how we work with creating peace with each other or with 
people that we're having conflict with, the first place that I think we've got to begin is realising, am I at peace with God? Because I feel like that song and the gospel itself is all about showing us that we are God's friends. We are okay with God. God likes us. Like he really does like us. He likes who we are. He likes the things that we like. And he wants to do life with us. And the whole of the gospel story, the whole of the biblical narrative is about God pursuing us. And in fact, the very fact that Christ, we call him, became incarnate is, is this decision that God made to come close to us. He leaned towards us. And we see that happening throughout Scripture. And so I feel like I wanted to start there because if we don't realise that, that God really likes us and that he has established peace with us through Christ then us pursuing peace with other people is just hard work. And we wonder why. Because the thing is, it is through God. It is through his resource in us, his heart in us, that helps us to pursue peace with all those other people around us. Because it says something more about what's going on. It, it, because of what Christ has done for us, reminds us that these people too are made in the image of God. That these people too are liked and loved by God. And that God wants the best for them as much as he wants the best for us. And so it's not about me getting my way. It's about us living life together and working through the things that are challenging. So I guess it's been... Um, it's, if we don't start there, we, we sort of get stuck along the way. And so I want to encourage us to think, before we even launch into this, am I at peace with the Lord? Do I actually believe that he likes me? Or do I feel like he's angry with me and thank goodness for Jesus because he's just... He's just He's just hiding the eyes of God or putting rose-coloured glasses on the Father. So it's, it's only that, yes, I'm a really bad, bad person, but thank goodness for Jesus. But you know what? When Jesus died, he opened the door for us to be in the presence of the Father, fully loved, liked by him. And we just had this opportunity to embrace that receive it into our lives, and we get the benefit of all of it. See, remember that lovely passage, John 3.16? Fairly familiar passage. God so loved the world. What does the world mean? Does it mean just the nice people? Or the people who, who have been particularly good, or go to a particular church, or have prayed the right prayer, or done the right things? No. He says, God so loved the world. That Jesus came. Jesus came for everyone. He came for the people who have not accepted him yet. He came for them. And, he, and, and so that's another whole sermon. I could go into that. But I really wanted to remind us that it's what has been won for us in Christ 
that sense of peace that I have with God, that it's not about me trying to earn his favour. It's not about me trying to be a good person. It's the fact that I am loved and liked by my Father in heaven that gives me all the resource to actually pursue peace with those around me. Does that make sense? It's a really foundational thing, and it's very important that we get that. So then we come to what Jesus says about peace. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And so in another translation, it says this, How blessed you are when you make peace, for then you will be recognized as a true child of God. God is a peacemaking God. And so when we act in peace we are reflecting that wonderful character that is God himself. And so that's why Jesus said, just says here, you'll be, called, you'll be called the family of God if you act in peace because that's what the family of God does. That's who God is. And so to be in his family is to be that sort of person. And so he wants to encourage us to be peacemakers. To pursue it, to do actually the hard work of, of bringing peace into our world. Now let me tell you a little bit about my story. Um, um, before we get to this particular slide, I was a person, um, I grew up in a very, uh, very loving family. But when it came to conflict, I was a runner not a fighter. <laughs> um, I never saw my parents fight. They, um, they just took whatever disagreements they had out of view of the kids, and so we never saw it. Now, you might think, wow, that's amazing. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, it was, but the thing that we missed was that we never learnt to do conflict and see it resolve well. You know what I'm saying, mother? Because sometimes, like when when conflict happened in the family, and it did, it was separation. It was you go there, you go to your room, you go to your room, and and it just never seemed that it, it worked well. And I never saw my mum and dad fight. And so to try and learn how to do conflict well, I I missed that. And so for me, as I grew up, I realised that the best thing to do with conflict was just to not go there. Pretend it wasn't there. Ignore it. Run away. Do all those things that meant that you didn't get into that, that, that hard argument sort of time that was there. And so that's what happened. Now, I know in families, families do conflict in a whole bunch of ways. Now, all of you represent families. You've all been raised in families. And some of you may have been like my family. It was like, you know, just run away. But others of you might have been families where it, it was all on. It was, it was cricket bats at four paces and there was fights. And it was fight and it, and it wasn't particularly healthy. Because so, sometimes fights, you know, fighting actually doesn't... It's all about me and myself and I want to get my way and so I'm going to do whatever I can to get my way. And so there's this fight mechanism. And then, then there are other families where maybe when conflicts happen, what mum and dad maybe helped you to do is to actually come together and actually work through 
Why? What was going on? What's the problem? Let's listen. Listen to your sister. Listen to your brother. Quiet. Listen. You know, and then you would, they would help you navigate how to work through a disagreement, work through a conflict, and actually maybe come up with a reasonable solution. And you would say, sorry, not, oh, yeah, sorry. You know, I always find that. Say sorry to your sister. You go, yeah, sorry. And it's like, yeah, that's really good. Because <laughs> they would said the word sorry. But, you know, so... Many of us have been brought up um, in a whole variety of ways and, and shown how to deal with conflict in a variety of ways. For me, I grew up frightened of conflict because I thought that whenever you had conflict, it would destroy relationships and, and it would be a terrible thing. And so I felt like the only way to preserve relationship was to just not go there. But what happened is you compromised one thing or another. And so I was frightened of conflict. And I thought, I just don't want to go there. And I guess that's, that's one of the things, one of the big things that I feel like I want you to go away with tonight, is hopefully as we walk through this, is to go, Lord, I don't want to be frightened of conflict. So, um, so there are sort of, two options that we can naturally default to. One is to fight and the other is to flight, is to run away. The, the challenge with both of these is that either option doesn't really resolve the conflict. If you run away from it, no discussion happens and no resolution happens. If you fight, then often it's all about trying to get your own way rather than actually going, how can we do win-win? You've heard of that concept, win-win, when both parties can feel like they've been heard and understood and received and there can be a, there can be a, a sort of a collectively beneficial outcome for what's gone on. So they're the two often ways that you can do it. Um, and I want to just do a quick diversion here. One of the things about flight is I want to say there are times when it's right to run. And I mean in situations where there's abuse or violence happening and I would want to say it's right to run. There's nothing in Scripture and there's nothing I want you to hear from me today that says you need to stay in a violent situation where your life and safety is at risk. And so it's absolutely correct and the right thing to do is to get out of those circumstances and deal with it in a, in a much significant way. And so I'm aware that when I talk about conflict, I'm talking about a disagreement over who gets the bathroom first in home to whether you, um, whether you leave the open toothpaste on top of the bathroom bench and having a slight disagreement about that, or whether the seat's up or the seat's down, those sort of minor conflicts that happen in every house to the ones that are absolutely huge and, and hard and hugely hard. So what, I, what I'm not trying to do is I, those big, big conflicted situations... I'm not trying to sort of, in a way, address today. I'm trying to address the situations, the everyday conflicts that happen, that just come and go because we are different people and we have different situations in our lives. And so what I want to say is that there is actually a way that would honour God. 
And so one of the things that we can do, conflicts actually can serve as an opportunity for us to honour God, to actually bless people, and also to grow up. And it's often, I don't know about you, but I have found over the years of, the years of ministry is that it's often in conflicted situations that we grow the most. Because it's when some of the human stuff of us gets challenged and then we have to actually exercise things like forgiveness, like listening well, respecting another person. All those things come into play more specifically when we have a conflicted situation. Does that make sense? Like, like, like when you just want your own way and somebody else who you're in relationship with or doing something with, they just want their own way and your ways are different ways, well, then that's going to be a challenging time. And it's like, all right, well, how do we do this, Lord? How do we do it? And you may just be a different personality to someone or you may have different ideals or circumstances. And so all that can come into play, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's at uni, whether it's at home, whether it's in church, all of these things, we will have these sorts of conflicts that come up from time to time. And it's like, well, how do I do this in a way that actually honours God? In Scripture, it talks about in all that you do, do it in a way that honours the Lord. Like, live your life honouring God. Well, it's not just when you're having a great day, honour God, but when you're having a conflict, well, just do whatever you have to do to win. That's not what Scripture says, eh? In all things, live a life in a way that honours the Lord. So how do I honour God when I'm having a conflicted situation? And so we want to look at that and see what God will do. So um, I want to look at a few things, a few different ways that we can address conflict. Well, one of the first ways we can do is to overlook a situation. So you've had, a, there's been a particular thing has happened. And the first thing that we can do is to actually overlook and just let it go. I'm not going to break into song. Don't worry about that um, because I actually don't know the song that well. I'm, I, my, my grandchild is not old enough for, for me to learn that song. Um, but there are times when it's absolutely appropriate for us just to overlook. That's when the offence is small. It's not recurrent. Like it's not happening week in, week out, day in, day out. It just happened. Every now and again, somebody just says something or something happens and it's like, oh, that hurt. But you know what? I love them. I know that they love me. I'm just going to overlook it. And so you make, it's not that you deny that it happened. You recognise that it happened. But you just choose to go, look, I'm going to make a decision by myself just to forgive this person. And so you may ask, is this issue really worth the big conversation? Or can I just go, you know what, I think I can overlook this. So, um, so how do we do? We choose to forgive and we realise the big thing about overlooking is that we, as I've said there, there's no lingering effect. And so whatever's happened, it hasn't damaged your relationship. It hasn't, it's just a, a minor, it's like a minor misdemeanor, you know, and no demerit points, you know, for those on the, yeah. And so, um, so what we just choose to go, I'm not going to let what has happened affect my relationship or affect my love for this person or my relationship with this person. I'm just going to let it go. 
we might not we we wouldn't talk to them we just let it let it roll on by like let it go through to the keeper for other metaphor that we would like to use um however there are times well well when is it not sort of appropriate to overlook because overlook is good in scripture in proverbs 19 it says there's sensible people control their temper and they earn respect by overlooking wrongs so scripture talks about us choosing to overlook some things but there are some things that you go, well, maybe it's not. Maybe there's something more going on here. And that's the thing is. So the thing is, if the issue keeps happening, maybe it's not appropriate to keep overlooking. If the offence is too serious to overlook. And so there's been a real... So what has happened has been... It's not just an arbitrary thing. There's something that's really touched a nerve and it's, and it's, and it's hurt you. And so it's going, all right, well... Um, or I've said there, when the person holds something against you, when you see in the other person that there's something that they're holding that is actually causing broken relationship to be maintained. Does that make sense? So it's not just, a, oh, just an accident and let, it just came out and went. There's something that's lingered. And it's like, okay, well then it's not appropriate just to overlook. Then it's time to actually then go into a process where you address what's happened now there's two parts to conflict now I've, I've done this the first you think well yeah there's two sides there's 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 the this person and there's this person. well yes that's true but there's there's another two parts that i want us to actually be aware of what happens when it comes to conflict um, and that's in a conflicted situation there's two things that are going on one is the issue and the other is the relationship does that make sense? So one is sort of what the, the and, and I've sort of said there, let me have it click the next button. There's the misunderstanding, there's the, the different interests. You were wanting this to happen, I was wanting this um, in this particular situation. Or there's, there's limited resources, which can happen in a whole variety of situations. And both people want something of the resources and so there's been a disagreement of well I need it for this and you you need it for that and there's been a disagreement and so there's the issue and then there's the relationship so often when conflict happens is when an issue has has come up and then how the two parties have responded to that has caused damage to the relationship so for instance our responses. We may respond in a hurtful way. We may respond selfishly, going, well, my thing's far more important than your thing, so I should have all those bits. I need, this. I need the money for this, or I, I want this. Or we've just been selfish and not really thought of the other person's needs at all and just said something incredibly hurtful. Um, or we've been angry. Now, all those things can happen in the normal course of lives. And so what's happened? We've got an issue. And then what has happened is that as we've responded to that issue, we've responded in a hurtful way and have brought damage to the relationship. Does that make sense? So there's two things going on. One is the issue and the other is the relationship. So it's just helpful to know that. And so when it comes to going, okay, we're not going to overlook, we've had an issue, some things have been said and some hurt has been felt and it's time to do something about that. 
Well, we then go, when it comes to what to do, let me just quickly read this passage. This is a great passage because it encourages us to seek reconciliation. So from Matthew 5, this is Jesus saying, if you, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, in other words, there's an issue of relationship, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Now, I really like what he's saying here because a couple of things going on. He's reminding them as often as they come to the temple. Now, they were going to the temple regularly. It was part of their normal lifestyle that they'd be going to the temple. So he's saying, deal with conflicted... If you've got an issue with someone, don't let it linger. And I've got to say to you, that's one of the big lessons I've learned over trying to work through and do training in conflict, I've realised, is that when we let a damaged relationship linger, it makes it harder. Every day you leave it, it makes it harder and harder and harder to resolve the issue. Because you know how the enemy has a way? He has this heart of wanting to wreak havoc in our relationships. We reflect Christ by being peacemakers, so therefore when we're not being peacemakers, we're sort of playing into the other guy's field, are we not? Do you know what I mean? And so he wants broken relationships. And so the longer we leave things, the more we give room, in a way, for the enemy to come in and poke and prod and turn what was this big into something that's this big. And often if we leave it this big and we don't do anything about it, I have found that I have found it's easy to keep hurting the person more and more and more. Because it's unresolved, there's an issue there, and so we add, we, we add. We say something else that's a little bit more hurtful, and oh, yeah, you're just being like you always, you know, like you were back then, and we add a bit more. And suddenly, what began this big becomes a mountain. And then it's hard, it's even harder then to do the process that we need to do to help bless and encourage and restore relationships. So, He's saying, as often as every week, if there's something going on, get on and fix it. And so that takes courage. But you know what? It's far easier to deal with an anthill than it does to deal with a mountain. Yeah? So being aware of that. So we start with the relationship first. Now, it seems a funny thing. But you know what? When we take time to stop and seek to restore the relationship, it then makes dealing with the issue far easier because we, we have learnt to respect the other person. We love them and we want the best for them. And so when we come to the issue, we can go, rather than just being selfish as I was when I was doing this, this issue came up, I can actually go, no, I've got to stop and I, I love this person and I want the best for them as, and let's, do, let's sort this issue out loving each other. And so we start with the relationship. Well, what does that look like? Well, that's where we stop and we listen. Because so often what caused the relationship is because we didn't listen. Amen? Who's, who's had problems like that? Okay, every hand would be going up right now if you're being really honest. Okay, We stop listening. We are more interested in ourself and our happy outcome that we 
ignore or not listen to the other person. And so to restore the relationship, we stop and listen. What was going on for you? Where were you at? And so we stop and listen. We, we are honest. And sometimes there's the old, you know, eating humble pie of going, you know what, I was just wrong. I'm sorry I said something, I didn't mean it. And so we take time to apologise for my part. It's a funny thing. When you look at conflicted situations, sometimes it's like it's all their fault. Have you ever felt like that? You know, it's, you know they came, they did this and they hurt me. It's, they're, they're terrible people. It's their fault. And so we quickly just say, but you know what? The funny thing is in conflict, I actually think, having done a few over the years, I realised that there's always some fault in each party because it's response. When it comes to relationship, it's how we respond. Are we responding just looking after our own backside or are we concerned for the other person? And so there's often each party has some part to play in what's going on. And it's being able to go, you know what? I responded to this. When you said this, I just went for the jugular. I'm sorry for that. And, you know, so it's recognising that there is um, some, uh, a responsibility that each, part, each party can take in working through restoring the relationship. And then we actually choose to forgive. Now, I love it when, you know, that situation with kids that I alluded to, when... when the parents say, stop fighting, and they bring them together, and, and, and they said, Johnny, say sorry to your sister. And he says, sorry. Yeah. Doris, say sorry to your brother. Sorry. You know, like, like that's... When, when was that ever a really good sorry, uh, you know, forgive sort of thing, you know? And so there is a way to forgive, and I think, you know, Kath may look at some of that, or there's some other resources that we can help you with about how do we actually ask forgiveness and realise that... Asking for forgiveness, there's a depth to it. It's recognising what you've done and, and how it's affected other people and, and you, what you want to do about it in your own life to change so it doesn't happen again. All that. So there's a way to forgive well. So we choose to look at the relationship first and restore that. The thing I've found is that when you, do it, when you resolve conflict quickly, you're the equity of your relationship is often still in place. Do you know what I mean by that? Equity mean, you know, when you, when you like people, you've got a certain degree of equity of love between you. And so if something happens and you deal with it quickly, there's still lots and lots of love left. There's just been a little, uh, there's been a blimp, which happened, it will happen. But if we leave it too long, then the equity begins to drain out of that relationship. And so it's really nice to be able to say when you want to come and get reconciled is to remember and even say, you know what, I like you because of this. And it diffuses all the stuff. If you start off that conversation by going, you know what, you're my friend because I like you as a friend because of this, this and this. Because I like how you care for people. I like how you listen to me. I like how you do this. And the other person. And we've found wonderful blessing in being able to remind ourselves of the equity that we have in our relationship, even though we've had this, this, little, this little bump and blip along the way. And so that diffuses all the, all the tension 
in what has happened to go, actually, we've actually got some good stuff that we can work on. So, let me keep going. Um, Reconcile the relationship. Then, you've got the chance to negotiate the issue. Now we go back to where it all began, what happened. And this is where you get together. And you get together with the person and going, now, let's try and look at the issue that we had and bring some reconciliation to it. So this is where we listen to each other's perspectives. Oh, I had no idea that this was going on for you. Oh, my goodness, thank you so much for sharing with that me. Now I fully understand what's, you know, why you re- reacted the way you did, because I had no idea you reacted that way. So you take time to listen to each other's perspective, because maybe the, they were thinking one thing and you were thinking of something completely different, and because you didn't understand that, conflict happened. And so we take time to listen to what's going on in the other person's situation. We then come together, then in coming together, we can go, well, look, okay, now that we're understanding where each person sits, let's now look at this situation and together come up with a whole bunch of ideas. And so you work together. You know, it's rather than sitting on opposite sides of the issue, you come and sit on the same side of the issue and go, together we have this issue that we, that we should try and resolve and get this issue resolved. So let's do it together. So you sit together, you come up with some creative solutions. If, if prayer is appropriate, because sometimes in the workplace, you, may, you know, they may not be believing in Jesus, go, well, I think we just need to pray. They're going to look at you and go, you're going to want to what? Um, but that's okay. You can be praying inside. Lord, help bring some resolution to here if it's in a workplace situation. Pray if you can. And then come together on a mutually beneficial outcome. Work together on it. And so that, and are you happy with this? Are you happy? Yeah, I think that will solve. And there may be a bit of give and take, but it's doing it together because your relationship is restored. Make sense? Okay. One of the things that, that we have realised, I've realised, is that there are times when both parties are so emotionally connected to what's happened that it's hard to do the process because it's just emotionally hard. It's almost like you're too connected to this situation to have a clear way of working through a process well. And so that's where it's really helpful to go, help! (laughs) And you know what? There are people around, um, part of just being in a church environment, which is wonderful, to say, hey, we need some help with this situation. Could you come and help? And so ask for help. There's nothing wrong with inviting somebody who is not... Um, emotionally connected to this situation to come along and give you wisdom in working through a conflicted situation. In fact, it's really smart. We've done it. We had some trouble. We go, help. We ask somebody to come in and in their wisdom and grace and they were just happy to help us slow the conversation down and work so we could get a great solution. So there's nothing wrong with asking for help and so being aware of that. So... Um, and then, what's my last slide? Okay. One of the things I, I guess I want to remind us of is that God is near. We don't, like for me, I feared conflict. I fear those situations. I fear what it would do, that it would damage relationships beyond repair. But now I don't. I don't fear when I'm having a conflict, even though it's uncomfortable But then to have a hard conversation, to do the journey, actually does a whole bunch of things. I can honour God by learning to respect 
by listening to him and getting his wisdom. The other thing I can do is I can actually care in a really practical God way for this other person who I'm, who I'm connected with and struggling with. And at the same time, if there's stuff in me that I need to work on, well, maybe this is a way that I can work on that and I can grow up a bit more. You know, because sometimes, you know, probably a lot of us think, yeah, I'm not overly good at listening. I need to learn how to listen a bit more. Well, you learn that. Or sometimes quick to respond or, or saying, you know, you know how sometimes it's out of the mouth before it's even gone through your head, one of those? Sometimes that stuff happens and it's like, Lord, I want, I want to help on that. Um, or just being more thoughtful. Being, you know, when I'm coming into a situation, I just want to be able to stop and, and slow some stuff down and to be able to go, all right, Lord, what's going on here? But I, do, I, I also just want to remind you is that when it comes to situations that are really tough, where people have hurt, um, I want to let you know that sometimes we can't reconcile relationships. We can forgive, but sometimes reconciliation is not possible. So, for instance, if somebody who hurt you has left the building completely, they've moved to another country or, or they've died, Sometimes our relationships with our parents, we may have had situations there that have hurt us deeply and we, can't act, we can forgive them and work through a process of forgiving and releasing them to the Lord, but we may not be able to reconcile a situation. If there's been an abuse situation, we may, with help, work through forgiving that person, but any sort of reconciliation may not actually be appropriate or, or a God thing to do. And so I want you to hear that because it's easy to talk about this and go, yeah, we can all be reconciled and everybody... Because wouldn't it be nice if everybody in the world got on? I mean, that'd be a blast. And thank goodness heaven, the hope of heaven, it's all cool. But while we live in a broken world, we're going to have these situations and it's not always going to work out the way we thought. But you know what? I'm hoping that what is what we've sort of begun to speak about here and what we'll build on the next couple of weeks will actually help us feel a little bit less frightened about the, some of those everyday conflicts that will pop up from time to time. And we go, okay, there's a way I can do this. And I believe it can help us in the workplace, it can help us at home. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I want to finish there. So um, I'm hoping that's been helpful. Um, and I want to pray um, about a couple of things. Actually, three. One is if you're like, I want to become um, a peacemaker. I want to have that sort of attitude as I'm going into my world and my, whether it's my workplace or you may just have a situation in your workplace where it's like, you know what, there's a lot of in our workplace. It would be really good if, if the Lord could help me bring peace there somehow. And you may go, one of that. The other thing is you may be here tonight going, you know what, when, when, Phil, you first spoke about being reconciled to God, I feel like I want to actually um, help realise that God likes me because I, like, I felt like he doesn't like me and I'm working really hard to try and please him. And if that's you, I want, I wanna, we want to pray for you that you would realise that what Christ did just open the door for you to see the Father as a Father who loves you and his arms open wide. 
So that's the second thing. And the third thing is, if you're in the middle or if you have a conflicted situation in your life at the moment, and you're like, I've got to have the hard conversations. I want to be able to resolve this because it's in my heart to do that, but I need some prayer. Then maybe that's you. Is that cool? Okay, let's stand. See what God wants to do. So I'm just going to pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And then I want to leave room for you to respond to those things. But also just, um, I believe, like that passage said, God wants us to become peacemakers because we reflect the nature of our family when we are peacemakers. And so let's just, let's just wait on the Spirit. And so I just encourage you to, even if you want to just open your hands and just let the Spirit come. So... Father God, we just bless you for your presence tonight and we welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome you in. I just thank you, Lord, that you're here. Holy Spirit, that you are at work in us. So come, Holy Spirit.